Hello, ladies, and gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they are changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get to talking. You know today's guest from One Day at a Time, head of the class, and here to talk with us all about the E! original movie, Royal Rendezvous. Please welcome back one of our first guests, Isabella mm-hmm. Gomez. Isabella, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me. So how did this project uh, come to you? Were you approached or was it the usual or the, the I guess the new normal of a self-tape and all of that? How did that come your way? Oh, it fell to me from the sky is how it got to me. <laughs> It literally was the randomest thing. Usually when there's any interest or anything like that, I'm, I'm very clued in. My team obviously lets me know. Um, but this one, I got a call and they were like, hey, do you want to do this movie in Ireland? And I was like, yes, I, <laughs> I would love to do this movie in Ireland. Absolutely. So it was very much um, heaven sent. And I'm very lucky that whoever in casting uh, decided to offer it to me, loved me and trusted me because I I love Kat and I'm so glad I got to do it. And Kat is this uh, very talented chef from East LA um, who catches the eye of a royal family in Ireland and is whisked away to cook for them. Whist, get it, pun. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and while... <laughs> Though they have their sort of own motives and play and whatnot, you know, to not get into spoilers, romances blossom, chaos ensues. Um, but how did you prepare for the role? Were you raised in a kitchen like I was or did you have to take some culinary classes uh, before production? I was not raised in a kitchen. Um, my dad is the cook of the house and he is all intuition and he owns that kitchen. And so I never really cooked. And so I booked a month before we started filming and immediately panicked and was like, I need to figure out how to hold a knife. Um, and so I got HelloFresh and um, started cooking all the time and loved it. And then funny enough, there weren't like a ton of cooking scenes, but it really mm-hmm. got me connected to Kat and her joy for food. And like, I think she connects a lot with like feeding people. And that was mm-hmm. a really exciting part of my little cooking journey. And so that's kind of how I prepped for that. And is there anyone in your real life that you drew some inspiration from uh, to play Kat? Um, I mean, I feel like she's kind of every character, really. You take little bits from life and, and from different people. She's very strong. She's very business oriented. She's very independent. And I feel like Justina Machado and Rita Moreno and Gloria Calderon Kellett, who have kind of been my muses for everything since I was 18, mm-hmm. um, really embodied that. Um, and also it's kind of who they taught me to be. So Kat is really a version of myself. And, you know, I'm a firm believer with uh, every project that one books, whether it's like a little co-star or a lead in a project like this, there's always something to be learned. So what would you say was like your biggest takeaway from working on Royal Rendezvous? That's a great question. Um, I think my biggest takeaway was how much it matters for me to trust myself. I had come from a run where I hadn't worked for the longest time I had ever not worked since I started working, which was really hard for me, um, as it is for any actor. And I had been in classes and hadn't felt 
great about the work I was putting up and, and felt really lost as an artist. And then I thankfully, before I went to Ireland, I got to film uh, my role in With Love, which is Gloria Calderon Kellett's new show and getting to come home to a set with her, who's like my family and the beautiful family she's created um, really let me sink into like, okay, I've done this. I got it. And then by the time I was in Ireland, I, I just, I, you, imposter syndrome is real. And I had forgotten that I have been doing this for most of my life. And I'm, I've trained a lot and I'm good at what I do. And knowing that and sitting with it and sitting in my power helped a lot, especially for a project like this, where it's female led, our director was a female and we're in another country where the culture is a little different. So there's definitely a little bit of something, something you got to bring to the table. And also we had 15 days to shoot the movie, which is wow. insanity. Wow. And so there was no time to um, not be on it. And I think that helped a lot, but it it taught me, this is the most in my body and the most like a working actor that I think I've ever felt. And, you know, uh, uh, similarly um, to my last question, you know, with any also the sort of depending on the size of the role and things like that like this would would you say this is like the the biggest role you've had or, or maybe head of the class since you were also sort of at the top there? I would say head of the class was the biggest in that um I was number one on that and was also kind of a leader on set per the rest of the cast was mostly mm -hmm. children um which was insanity I thought by the way that I would be cool and hip and like whatever and I was not so it was hard to figure out um but this was the first time that I got to lead something abroad and um that my artistic input was um Christine who's the director and I were very very close and very mm -hmm good at communicating with each other and um, like I said I felt the most sure of myself and the most able to put my input in and so in that way it was different and I'm curious since you've been in this business for for for, for quite a while now despite being so young you've been in it since you were very young um, yeah. especially as we said like as a series regular you're 18 already at that age and some actors don't get that until they're in their 30s so what have you noticed has maybe changed the most about the entertainment industry since you got started? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've noticed, and I don't know how controversial this will be or not, but <laughs> with cancel culture, I've noticed the way that things get written and made change a lot. And studios are very scared I feel like, or have gone through a, a season of being very scared of doing things wrong. And so sometimes they play it safe and they hire safe writers and they hire safe showrunners or they, they pick up shows that are either reboots, which I've done too, so I'm not knocking it. <laughs> like, I... I love a reboot, but, you know, I think we're telling a lot of the same stories over and over because people are freaked out of cancel culture. And I think the magic of Hollywood and the reason that people come here is you gotta let the weirdos be weird. Like that is where the art comes from and, and the fun stuff and the new stuff and the exciting things and the learning and the humanity. And so I would love to see us be able to pendulum back to somewhere in the middle where obviously we're being cognizant of being politically correct and, and not being 
pardon my French, assholes, as a lot of times people have been in this industry, but also still still doing some funky stuff, especially in sitcoms. Mm. Sitcoms are so incredible, but you if you do a sitcom wrong, it is bad. It's not a good time. Yeah. And so I would love to see really great sitcoms come back. And I mean, you know, having worked with Norman Lear, I mean, you worked with the best and, and even his shows back in the day, those were such groundbreaking shows with the topics that they tackled uh, and they weren't afraid to. So I, I very much agree that a lot of things do maybe feel a bit safe now, but there is such, there's a great way to tackle these very heavy subjects in a lighthearted way that feels like a lesson and not necessarily preaching. Cause I feel like maybe some shows get a little preachy as well. Absolutely. And it's hard to relate to that, you know, especially yeah. for preaching the very the special like, yeah, episode about, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> right. ah, okay. So I can see the writer saying it out loud in the room and you guys just put it down verbatim. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that Norman does so magically is that he clearly, he has a, a perspective that he goes after, but he's really good at incorporating characters of all kinds of perspectives. And I think that's, what's important is we a show where everybody thinks the same gets preachy but a show where there's differences but there's also love is where we get real conversations and real growth and and we can have those those talks about things that we don't all agree with <laughs> and with a project like this you've done so you have like a romantic comedy under your belt now you've done several sitcoms so is there anything on the bucket list do you want to dive into some like fantasy or or just a completely different genre or get hidden under prosthetics? What What's on the bucket <laughs> list? Um, It's so funny. I've talked about this a bunch because I used to think I was solely a dramatic actor. I was like, I will only ever do drama. And then I booked a sitcom. And now comedy is the greatest joy of my life. And so I, I will try anything once. Um, mm -hmm. I've done a couple horror suspense kind of things and I really love that weirdly um so I love that kind of world I'm very intrigued by it and I think next I would love to do something where I'm an action something or other something mm -hmm. where I have to train physically for the role and can do my own stunts and that I think would be very much outside of my comfort zone and a really cool thing to do and, um, you know, as we know, uh, Latino and uh, Hispanic representation has slowly improved, um, but it's still a fraction of where it should be. Uh, we're 20% of the country. We have about a third of that total in terms of like lead representation. Um, but as you've mentioned, you've worked with so many wonderful um, women, Rita Moreno, Justina Machado and Gloria. Um, who did you look up to when you were growing up? What actresses were sort of like on a pedestal for you back then? That's, you know, it's interesting. I've always kind of joked that I'm a bad actor in that I, I'm very bad at watching scripted anything. And <laughs> I never really had idols like that growing up. It was more for me, the joy of acting and, and what like brought me to it was humanity and connection and storytelling. And so I go through cycles of obsession, but I always say when it came to like my Latinidad and, and understanding representation, it was Gina Rodriguez in Jane the Virgin. Mm. I think she in that role was so good. And that show was so good. And that was the first time that I was like, oh, this is what people mean when they say representation matters. Because the joy that I feel not seeing just somebody that looks like me in the sense of I'm super white passing. So a lot of white people look like me. And so when they're on screen, I'm like, sure. Um, but 
seeing a family that acted like mine and that had little quirks mm. like mine and all of this stuff was so special. And so I think Gina, um, but then of course, once I got on the one day at a time set, they got me young. <laughs> I was 18 <laughs> and Justina, Rita and Gloria kind of became my holy trinity. And I've, I've shaped a lot of who I am as a human and as an artist based on what they've taught me. And if you had this sort of um, back to the future moment, as I always like to say, though, we're going to take sort of, you know, messing up the timeline out of the equation. Um, but if you ran into little 13 year old Isabella and you got to give her just one piece of advice, what would you say? Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> just breathe, mamita, especially at 13. <laughs> I was so anxious. And it's kind of like the same thing I always say, like when people ask me about advice for this industry in general, because I... I think I'm one of those people, as cliche as it sounds, that was like meant to be in this industry. I think acting is my calling, um, but it's a really tough industry to be in. It, it's I don't know how good it is for your psyche. And so I would tell her, slow down. It's all going to be OK. Deep breaths, center yourself and then get back at it. Well, Isabella, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. And again, congrats on this delightful movie. I'm so happy I got to see it before everyone else. It's one of the perks of the job. Uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So if anyone uh, that's watching or listening wants to give you a follow on Instagram, where can they find you? Instagram is Isabella.Gomez. Um, that's where you can find me mostly nowadays. Twitter is Isabella underscore Gomez, but we don't know you know we don't know where that's going <laughs> and folks as always you can follow us at mediavillage.com on instagram head on over to mediavillage.com for all of our reviews interviews podcasts and more and don't miss royal rendezvous premiering sunday february 26th at 9 p.m on e i'm juan Ayala. this is multicultural tv talk thanks for joining us